Kaf Aleph Sivan, Tafshin Ein Chet, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
amazing Kululam uh, version of Al-Kalayla with um, how many? 17,000 people in uh, the Yadiliyahu Arena in uh, Tel Aviv as they celebrated Israel's 70th anniversary. What what a great... I, I could listen to that over and over and over and over and over again. Hi, welcome. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Welcome in to this week's edition, live edition of the Israel Show. We are here live each and every Monday, immediately following Jamie in the AM, which translates to... Immediately following Jamie in the AM means 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time, around the world, whatever time... Whatever time it is, that's the time we're on. Uh, we uh, So we did uh, Al-Kalela from uh, Kululam. We have lots of uh, interesting stuff coming up. Updates on what's going on in Gaza. Aza, Gaza. That's for another time. Why Aza is called Gaza in English or in the Latin languages. Anyway, not for now. Same reason that Amora, like Stone and Amora, is called Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, that's for another time, but I digress, as usual. Uh, <laughs> we have some great new music from Shuli Rand and Yishai Rebo. Um, we'll talk about um, David Friedman, Ambassador David Friedman's uh, speech that he gave earlier today. That's right, very up-to-date we are. And we have lots of stuff, I just, I don't know, we have stuff for about the next four hours, but we don't have four hours, so we'll do our best to get it in into the uh, period of time that we have, to the time slot that we are allotted. Harel Scott, Scott is a uh, Israeli singer, well-known, and he's uh, putting out an album of songs that Ofra Haza sang, the late Ofra Chaza. They're both Yemenites from Yemenite families. And uh, he had pledged Harel uh, Scott that he would um, record some Yemenite music. He pledged that to his grandfather. So here is the famous Ofra Chaza song, Im Nina Alu. My name is Mary Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Im
it is so amazing when um, contemporary artists take um, classic Israeli music and uh, update it and give it a, a modern feel. I love that. It's just uh, beautiful. And we have some more great new music coming up um, by, um, why do I keep forgetting his name? Shuli Rand and Yishai Rebo. Um, David Friedman is just an amazing ambassador that the United States has in Israel. We know that he was very instrumental in getting the United States to move the embassy to Jerusalem. He's um, pushed forward on uh, having the State Department not use the term occupied territories and more and more. A true, a true believer, a true friend. He spoke earlier today, I believe it is, or yesterday, but I believe it's earlier today, at uh, the opening of, let's see, what, what was it called? It's, um, it was the Media Lines Press and Policy Conference, which took place at the David Citadel Hotel in Jerusalem. The Media Line is, um, it, it's... It's a it's a group. It really, it's a it's a it's a two person show. Uh, the Friedsons in Israel, um, Felice Friedson and her husband, they um, run this almost single handedly. And it's an organization that's not aligned with any political position, with any government, with any NGO. It's dedicated to providing accurate, contextual news and feature stories from the Middle East in strict adherence to the tenets of classical journalism. And they do a good job getting out information about Israel in a a very straightforward way, not leaning one way or the other. And they had a conference, as we mentioned today, uh, and David Friedman spoke. Very, very interesting. He he blasted the media. That's, That's the bottom line. He said, and, and and he was specifically talking about what just happened, where um, the Hamas sent 40,000 people to storm the border fence with Israel. Many of them were armed. Many of them were not. Many of them were Hamas fighters. Many of them were children. They did that on purpose, obviously. They know how to fight this PR fight, and and unfortunately we are not as good at it. And so Israel shot at those that they felt were a threat. It's a a split-second decision that one has to make. And 60 people were killed. Hamas themselves admit that 50 are are members of Hamas. So if out of 60, from 40,000, out of 60, 50 were terrorists who who would cause damage to Israel or death in Israel? And they were sent up against the border. Everybody, no, none of those sixty would be would be dead today if they wouldn't storm the the border fence, which was nothing more than a political um, demonstration by the Hamas. So the New York Times, of course, a former newspaper, as. Uh, As I can't remember his name. I don't know. My mind isn't working today. Um, anyway. Uh, with all the criticism... This is the quote from David Friedman. With all the criticism Israel has gotten, nobody has identified the less lethal means by which Israel could have defended itself over the last four weeks. If what happened isn't right, says David Friedman, what is right? It seems to me that in this journalistic environment, nine out of ten articles that are written about the Gaza conflict are critical of Israel. And, and he said, you know, you can criticize Israel. There, there can be legitimate criticism of Israel. Nobody says that Israel is above criticism. But, and here's the key point, said Friedman, Journalists weren't fairly reporting on the reality of Gaza. 
quote, the conflict in Gaza has dominated the headlines in the last three to four weeks. Lots and lots of criticism of Israel, some of it even legitimate. I think even the state of Israel itself haven't completed its own, hasn't, I guess, completed its own internal inquiries as to what happened. Maybe there are some things that could have been done better. I'm sure there are always things you can do better, says Friedman. But his criticism was that they didn't bother to check. The media didn't bother to say who is responsible. Why are they sending these people to the border fence? Why are they burning these these tires and creating a smoke screen so that they can sneak up on the soldiers or blur the vision of the soldiers so that they should would not be able to accurately uh, uh, define who is a terrorist, who is a danger, and who is not. The journalists need to work harder to find alternatives to Israel's use of lethal force before accusing the state of wrongdoing. He says, you'd think that some journalists would take the time and go and meet with experts and try to understand what could have been done differently or better before they criticize, and I just haven't seen that, he said. He, he, um, very interesting. Hinting that this now is from the times of, uh, I'm, I'm reading parts I read just now from Jerusalem Post and now from Times of Israel, hinting that his criticism was mainly geared at the New York Times. Ha ha. Boy, what a shock. Friedman said, reporters should, quote, just keep your mouths shut until you figure it out, because otherwise all you're doing is creating impressions that have no basis in fact. They fit a narrative. They fit an opinion. They fit an agenda. But it's not reporting because it's not based on hard factual analysis. End quote. That is, that is perfect. That's exactly what it is. All the media that are skewed left basically have an agenda, and they report what fits their agenda. Military officials said terrorists use the protest as cover to carry out attacks on troops or try to damage or infiltrate across the border. Most of over 110 people killed were members of Hamas or other terror, terror organizations, according to Israeli and Gazan sources. The, Gazan, the Gaza sources uh, uh, confirmed that. Now, what I found interesting... Oh, look, yeah, one other point here. It's uh, Because everyone asks this. People that I was in discussions with also asked the same question. Like, so... So so why didn't why did they have to use lethal force? Why couldn't they get them to um retreat from the fence, go back, pull back and not threaten the fence by by other means. Friedman said experts had told him tear gas, water cannons and other non-lethal means of crowd dispersal would not have been effective during the weeks of riots. But he did not provide more details. What do you use instead of bullets, he asked rhetorically. Yeah. With all the criticism Israel's gotten, nobody has identified the less lethal means by which Israel could have defended itself during the last four weeks. Nobody. Now, when we say nobody, I don't. we don't mean just people you know, on the street or a guy who um, has a, a soapbox in uh, in Times Square. We mean military experts. You have to ask, says David Friedman, quote, who did this better in some other circumstances? Where is the other case where 40,000 people rushed the border under the cover of burning tires with Molotov cocktails, pistols, Kites painted with swastikas starting fires everywhere. Fires that are still burning today. Where did that happen in some other place where the people rushing the border were committed to killing the citizens on the other side? And I insert here, 
that's exactly what their leadership said. Go to the other side, breach the fence, grab a Jew and either take them captive or kill them. And eat their liver, by the way. That was part of what they wanted. Back to David Friedman's quote. Where did that happen in some other place where the people rushing the border were committed to killing the citizens on the other side and somebody did it better? Where's the manual that says, when this happens, you do this and this? And if you would do X, Y, or Z different, you can avoid the loss of human life or bodily injury. Without this comparative analysis, all the reporting is completely superficial. That is just great. What a great way of putting this in context. And he also po- he pointed out one other thing. If you get the facts wrong, there ought to be some recognition and some accountability. And as long as there isn't, I think people will continue to feel comfortable with getting it first and getting it wrong, meaning journalists. Because if you're getting it first and you're getting it wrong and there's no price to pay, you'll do it over and over and over again. That's great. I, I will try and get the audio. I'm sure there is one. We'll reach out to the Friedsons, friends of ours, um, and uh, try and get the audio and post it um, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel show. Um, it really needs to be heard, and it needs to be heard loudly and clearly, and and it's not heard enough. We'll continue with another aspect of this story right after this song by Shuli Rand, brand new. I think it was released either last night or this morning. That's how brand new it is. It's it's like hot when I touch it. You know what I'm saying? Shuli Rand is just an amazing person. If you've seen the movie Ushpizin, that was uh, the star there, Shuli Rand. A uh, Baal Teshuva was a, uh, had a, a very successful acting career um, and um, became a Breslov Hasid and has done just uh, great, great creative stuff. Music, movies, and, and others. Uh, the song is called Sadiq, and it actually is um, a bit of a... Uh, it's Musser. He's um, he's having a polemic with those people who think of themselves as tzaddik. You know, you're such a great tzaddik, but how about, you know, this and that and the other thing? You talk of emuna, but you're totally wrapped up in gashmiut. Ay, ay, ay. You, you say, how important it is to have an open heart, the tzaddik. That's what you say. But you don't open your heart or give your heart over to somebody else. That's a quote of the tzaddik, supposed tzaddik. That shalom is like a vessel of blessing and yet there is no peace with you or you have no peace within yourself another quote don't make the Torah a a utensil don't make it utilitarian that means don't use the Torah in order to make a living or in order to to do something of, of, of utility Rather, learn Torah Lishma and, and follow its dictates. And he says, Pigyon v'cherev Torah Your Torah, not only is it a kardom, it's a, a digging uh, um, shovel, but, it, but it's actually, it's like a sword, your Torah. So he's calling out the um, hypocrisy of those who call themselves tzaddik, who make themselves out to be tzaddik, but do everything in the opposite way of what the Torah teaches us. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Rand, notice also that he sings the word tzaddik, tzaddik, not tzaddik, which you would, in, in proper Hebrew, you would say, but tzaddik, which is the way people would refer to it when talking about, ah, tzaddik, you know, when they put that moniker on somebody who is totally undeservant of it. Very interesting, very interesting, totally tongue-in-cheek song. Fascinating. Uh, we have a new song also coming up from Yishai Rebo. Stay tuned. Stay with us here on uh, the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. Congrats to Nachum Siegel, Miriam Wallach, Mark Zamek, and the team. Amazing coverage yesterday of the uh, Salute to Israel Day Parade. No, it's not called that anymore. I forgot what it's called. Celebrate Israel Parade, I think it's called now. The Celebrate Israel Parade was just amazing. The coverage was great. And um, I, it's probably on the archives if you want to see all of it or parts of it. 
And it's yet another of the many wonderful things that you really wouldn't get to experience too much in other pl- on other media, in other places. Seriously. So, if you like this show, the Israel show, and other great programming, of course, JM in the AM, don't forget to please contribute during these weeks to the Nachum Siegel Network in order for it to be able to continue to sustain itself. We'll give you the uh, website and more a little later on in the show for you to contribute, but keep that in mind. Please. Um, so we're talking about situation in Aza, the media coverage in light of David Friedman's um, speech at uh, the Media Line um, conference. There was something else that struck me. I don't think we have seen this in media. I haven't seen it. I pay attention to the media here. When there's a fire in California, a forest fire, where um, houses are in danger and so forth, it's on every newscast. And one of the secrets in journalism is that fire makes good news because it takes good video, makes good video. Things that don't make good video don't make it onto TV news. That's why you see coverage of fires. Like, why is it that on almost every single newscast, local newscast, they're covering a fire in the area? Do you ever think about that? Is it, does it affect my life that there was a fire in the Bronx? On one day, and then another day, it was a fire in Queens, and another day, it was a fire. It doesn't affect my life. It's sad. But surely not to the extent of minutes that it's given on TV news. Fires make good pictures. Firefighters climbing on the ladders, the smoke, the fire, the flames. During the last two months, as the options of the Hamas terror tunnels are closing, or should we say collapsing, because Israel has discovered, obviously, some way of locating these underground tunnels and bombing them. So now Hamas is destroyed, they're they're in trouble, they're panicky. What do we do now? We can't build these tunnels. We can't, we can't continue our reign of terror with this one of the most important tools that we had. So they've got to come up with other things. So one is the storming of the fence, and the other is a very simple thing. It really it doesn't cost them any money. It, it's, it's just incredible how they didn't think of it before, thank God. They take a kite. They attach a Molotov cocktail to it, which is something that will explode when it hits when it hits the ground. They fly the kite over the fence, release the Molotov cocktail, it hits in a field and starts a fire. Have you heard about this on the news? I haven't. In the last two months, do you know how many fires? were started in this way by the Hamas in the area, in the Yishuvim that surround Aza. This, by the way, don't forget, is after Israel left Aza. We hit Natkut. We cut ourselves off. We, we have nothing to do with them anymore. Well, I guess that, that takes two to tango. In two months, there were 3,000 fires, and they consumed... Almost 2,500 acres, 2,500 acres of farmland and forests and trees. Almost four square miles. If we don't, if, if it's hard for you to envision acres as it is to me. 
So envision it in miles. Do you know how big of an area that is? Do you know how much wheat went up in flames? Why? Why, for heaven's sakes? Can you imagine the devastation felt by a farmer who has been working for eight months on these crops and finally now it comes a time to to cut the wheat and it all goes up in flames. Billows of black smoke rising to the skies. The land underneath, whether it's the fields of wheat or just areas of uh, natural growth or forests are black and desolate. And I thought to myself, what about all those environmental groups? All the green, save the earth, save the trees. Go online, look for NGOs supporting trees. There's Save Green, Save Trees. Then there's a website, Save Trees, Save Earth. Why aren't they screaming and yelling and saying, this is not the way to do it. If you have a beef with another another country, this is, don't go and take it out on the trees. What about all the smoke that's billowing up into the air when they burn thousands and thousands of tires? We're all the clean air organizations. We're all the activists protesting against Palestinians polluting the environment. Shh. Did a Jew kill an Arab? No. Okay. Shh. Never mind. Thousands of Palestinian refugees were slaughtered in Syria. Thousands of innocent Palestinian refugees were slaughtered in Syria over the past few years during the civil war. Shh, nothing. Quiet. Israel shot at 40,000 people. They shot very precisely, killing those who... 90% of whom were terrorists as 40,000 people were amassing on their border. Whoa, the world has gone nuts. You won't hear anything about the fires. You won't hear anything about the kids in the southern part of Israel that are sleeping in their their, uh, miklatim, in their shelters for fear that during the night rockets will be fired, and they are fired during the night, and the alarm goes off. So rather than having to run from the bedroom to the, to the sheltered room, they sleep in the sheltered room. What kind of trauma will they grow up with? But we left Aza, remember? We threw out every Jew... Judenrein, remember? There's no occupation in Aza, remember? Let's go to something. Uh, let's go to something happy. Yoni Genut, Yismach Libi, a song for Motzei uh, Shabbat. But we're not on Mosei Shabbat. We're on Monday. So we'll play it today. Words by Rav Cook. Yoni Genot sings together with the choir of Yeshivat Merkaz Litzi'irim. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Let your kids are yevel avi Veloi avi Li avi Et eliyahu anavi Eloi avi 
And the uh, choir of the Merkazar of High School, Yeshiva Litzirim. Words by Rav Kook, Yismach Libi. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. One other point about the Hamas and, and Israel and, I don't know, sometimes things. I just, I just don't understand what the heck is going on in this world. So Israel is holding hundreds and hundreds of Hamas, maybe probably thousands of Hamas terrorists in prison. People that were caught either doing acts of terror or after they did acts of terror or helping others 
carry out terrorist acts. And um, as part of the pressure that they're trying to put on Hamas to release the bodies of Israel's dead, Shaul Aron and Hadar Golden, the Golden family said, why don't we make the lives of those terrorists in the prison a little harder? Why don't we take away some of these privileges that we've given them? Of course, nothing happens. I don't know why. They've come up with some great ideas, the Goldens have. Make it a liability for the Hamas to keep our boys' body. Give them all kinds of punishment or take away all kinds of privileges so that they should say it's not worth it for them to hold on to these bodies. But we don't do it. Well, the recent uproar in Israel came in a similar direction. Coming up soon, we, we're not into that in the United States, but if you're listening outside of the United States, you probably are aware of the fact that the Mondial is going to start soon. The Mondial is the World Cup of Soccer. And uh, all Europe, Africa, Asia, they all are participating because they all are love soccer. People are buying... T- it's, like, it's sort of like uh, uh, the Super Bowl, but a, a, a series of long Super Bowls. People in Israel are buying new TVs, you know, bigger screens and so forth, to be able to see the Mondial. So, um, it turned out that the prisoners, the Hamas prisoners in Israeli jails, would have the ability to watch the Mondial, the World Cup of Soccer, on uh, on cable TV, in the prison. And that created an uproar. And then I heard an interview with a former prison official, someone who served for many years in the uh, system, uh, in the prison system that incarcerated the Hamas terrorists. And I, 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 I just, I couldn't believe my ears. They are treated so well, it is exasperating. Recently, in, in an effort to pressure Hamas, listen to this, you got to hear this. In, a, in an attempt to pressure Hamas, they resolved, as a result of the pressure from Israelis, by the way, who, who couldn't believe that the prisoners are able to watch the soccer, World Cup soccer championships, they're going to make life for the Hamas prisoners more difficult by depriving them certain rights that they had. They're now going to get less channels on the cable TV package available to the prisoners. That's right. They're cutting back from the silver package to some other package. Maybe to the family package. I don't know. Is that sinking in? Do you get that? They're cutting back on the number of channels Think, why do they watch? Why do they get any channels? Because if not, said this former prison official, they would be busying themselves with creating trouble. So we'd rather they watch TV. That's some way to run a prison for terrorists. Oh, another thing, their academic studies are being curtailed. That's right. That's right. They're working towards a bachelor's degree in, I don't know what, bomb making? No, no, of course not bomb making. But yeah, they're actually working towards academic degrees in prison. What are we doing? We're creating the next generation of terrorists. I'm speechless. I don't know what what else can be said. I I think people just are not aware of what is going on. And even if they would be, I mean, would they be able to to make any change? I don't know. 
I do not know. A couple of things that we're working on for uh, the coming weeks. I'm going to share with you some teasers, as they say. Um, there is a 60-minute uh, type show in Israel, although it has only one anchor and doesn't have a ticking clock. It's called Uvda with Ilana Dayan. And uh, every week they pick a subject uh, that they're going to have an investigative report about the investigative journalism that, you know, cuts to the core, blah, blah, blah. This past Thursday, which was the end of the season, so they had to have a really big ratings grabber, they had an interview with former head of the Mossad, Tamir Pardo. An hour long. I can't tell you how much stuff Tamir Pardo was saying of which I was like, why do you want to say this? Why do you want to say this on the air? Why do you want to reveal this? But the big headline was a reveal for the first time, unprecedented. Benjamin Netanyahu ordered the head of the Shin Bet to wiretap the head of the Mossad and the chief of staff. Listen to how she uh, promotes this, Ilana Dayan. אנחנו חושפים גם צעד חסר תקדים שניסה ראש הממשלה לקדם נגד ראש המוסד והרמטכ"ל. Right, it's an unprecedented move. Next day, ידיעות אחרונות, front page, big banner headline. נתניהו ביקש מהשב"כ. נתניהו אסת אבדה שין בית. להאזין לטלפונים של הרמטכ"ל וראש המסעד. To wiretap the phones of the chief of staff and the head of the Mossad. One cute thing. I got to give the, the headline writer here uh, props. There's a little, little circle and it says, Parshat Ha'azinu, which that's very cute. Ha'azinu means listen, listening, you know, wiretapping, so to speak. But of course, one of the parshiot in the Torah. So it's Parshat Ha'azinu because a parashat is also a, uh, like a, a story, an incident, whatever. Nice play on words, but we will share with you in the coming weeks clips from that show itself, which proves that the headline is inaccurate, it's totally misleading, that her promo is inaccurate and totally misleading, and we'll show you how you cannot trust a new thing of the media. Another thing that we'd like to share with you, uh, we're going to share with you, I'm working on this, uh, this fascinating stuff, I, I wasn't aware of it. Um, those of you who are into Israeli music, those of you who are around during the Yom Kippur War, probably remember the song, Lu Yehi, by Naomi Shemer. It was sort of the anthem of the Yom Kippur War, Slong, a slow, sad song Words were like bittersweet, kind of, you know, optimistic, pessimistic. Um, and, of course, the words Lu Yihi at that time conjured up in people's mind the Beatles song, Let It Be. Lu Yihi. Let It Be. But it's not a translation of the words of Let It Be. What is uh, what are the surprising pieces of information that we have picked up? We will share with you, plus we'll share with you music related to it, and we'll analyze the words that have their own beauty, and we'll explain why one of the um, stanzas was taken out of most of the recordings of the song. Very interesting. So all that's going to be coming up. Um, on the uh, upcoming weeks of the Israel show. Right now, it's time to close the show, so I guess we'll close with that new Yishai Rebo song. Um, we'll do so after we thank you for listening, for your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of Nachum Siegel Network. My special thanks to Nachum Siegel, of course, as always. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, 
Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports. And then Novak Now with Jake Novak, focusing on the big stories, offering unique analysis from longtime TV news producer and editorial columnist Jake Novak, and then Great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following Jamie Dame, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh, no, 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 no. They're just running in a different race. Call